Hey friends, I can't tell you how many times we've had someone write in or message us asking us for a list of the podcast episodes and resources we have on a particular topic or pain point. In fact, just the other day, someone asked me, hey, can you point me to all the episodes you guys have on sexual betrayal? Because unfortunately, this person had just recently discovered that this was now part of their story. We get this question so much that we decided to do something about it to make it easier for you. Rather than wading through our entire library of very inspirational content, if I may say so myself, how about if we just give you a list of everything that we have on a particular topic you're looking for? We've done that. We've built some of these lists, and we call these lists Curated Pathways. With Curated Pathways on topics like grief, child loss, sexual betrayal, childhood trauma, widowhood, and more, we've compiled the very best resources from Nothing Is Wasted Ministries all in one place that will speak directly to what you're experiencing right now or what a friend or a family member is experiencing. We've packaged this in an easy way for you to consume it, you to access this material, or for you to send it over to a friend or family member you know who's experiencing a particular pain point right now. Our Curated Pathways will give you access to everything we've created from past podcast episodes to bonus content, masterclasses, live coaching, and everything in between. Let's be honest, when you're facing a crisis, a loss, or a trauma, you just don't have the time or the energy or emotional bandwidth to search for what could help you heal. That's why we've created Curated Pathways, so that you can more directly and quickly access the resources that you need. Now, you can get a taste of what our Curated Pathways are all about by going to nothingiswasted.com slash pathways. But if you're ready to go to the next level on your healing journey, you can access the full library of our resources, including the entire Curated Pathway you're looking for by becoming a Community Plus member. For just $20 a month or $200 a year, you'll have access to the complete collection of Nothing Is Wasted Curated Pathways. As a Community Plus member, You'll be able to access a new curated pathway each month as our collection grows and as we release those. Our team has been working very hard to catalog, index, organize, and distribute our library of content in a way that will be most helpful to you, to your friends, to your family, because we know what it's like to face pain, and we want to equip you with the tools you need to find hope and healing as you move from pain to purpose. Join Community Plus today at nothingiswasted.com slash communityplus. Or get a little taste of our curated pathways at nothingiswasted.com slash pathways. Both of those links are here in the show notes. We want to help you partner with God to take back your story. And we're committed to giving you resources that will help you do just that. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I am your co-host, Aubrey. And I'm Davey. And uh, we're glad that you're joining us on this special episode. This is a little bit different, isn't it, Aubrey? Yeah, we're doing something a little bit different right now. So normally, right now, David, I would kind of be introducing the guest that we have for you today and the conversation that you'd be listening to. Instead, we thought it would be really, really important, crucial, meaningful, et cetera, for me to have a conversation with Davey yeah. uh, processing the trial because right. uh, the trial... Um, <clears throat> Man, wrapped up, what, where are we now, Davey, three uh, weeks out? Yeah, it was a few weeks ago. So it was at the end of September. And so this is going to be, re- you know, released the beginning of November. Yeah. So it's been a couple months yeah. uh, now that, that you guys are listening to this. Um, and, and purposefully, purposefully, we, we didn't just immediately decide. To, yeah. All right, let's talk about this. Wanted to give Davey some time to process and Christy some time to process. So Davey, before we kind of dive in and I just say like, how are you doing? I do, you know, I recognize we've got some new listeners over the past Mm -hmm. several months. And also we've got the faithful, nothing is wasted audience that really has been journeying with you. Some are your very good friends, family members. Some have listened to the first yeah. episode of the Nothing Is Wasted right. podcast when we and, first started, you and know, and we're reading, been here. reading the blog before that. Yeah. Right, and then, right. You're right. Family and friends, some family who were actually walking the entire mm-hmm. season of Losing Amanda with us, mm-hmm. 
we're in the hospital. We're, uh, I mean, very much present through the whole thing. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody who's listening to this, I just, you know, I just want to say thank you for journeying with us and yeah. thank you for your prayers. Yeah. Most importantly, thank you for your prayers and your support. Mm-hmm. So good. So Davey, for the, especially for the folks that are new to Nothing is Wasted, would you, um, we don't need to take a really long time with this, but kind of give our folks a recap of your story and why we're talking about this trial now, because uh, yeah. I think some people will be like, wait, do you mean trial? Didn't this happen seven years ago? So let's That's funny un- that you mentioned that, that because there there have been people who have said that, you know, even just the past couple of weeks as we spent some time traveling and, you know, I caught up with some of our friends, um, folks that I was on staff with at New Spring. I was at an event down there a couple of weeks ago and, <clears throat> and I was like, you know, we just, the trial just happened and they're like, wait, it just happened, <laughs> you know? And that seems to be somewhat of a common sentiment that yeah. sometimes people think that, you know, it just, that these kinds of things just happen immediately, that mm-hmm. it goes through the due process of law really quickly. And um, sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. In our case, it absolutely did not. And yeah, that's for it. a lot of different reasons. Um, and if you've been on the journey with us, you know, we, we've tried to stay pretty up to speed on certain things. Now, there would be times that the trial would get scheduled and delayed or pushed back. Yeah. They call it continued is what they call it. And we didn't tell you that because it was far enough out that yeah. there was no reason to even tell you a trial date. Right. But that has been the story for the past seven years. You know, mm-hmm. since um, November 10th, 2015 was when my home was broken into while I was at the gym and when Amanda was um, was murdered in our home. Um, I, I came home to discover her and she was still breathing mm-hmm. um, very laboriously, but she was unconscious. So I called the paramedics and we, um, we got her to the hospital and it wasn't until about 24 hours later, the morning of November 11th, 2015, that doctors came into the, uh, into her room as a couple of us were bedside and told us that there was no brain activity. Um, she'd been shot three times, one in her arm, one over her back and one, uh, in the back of her head. Mm. And, um, and so, uh, what they what they surmised after you know being in the hospital there is that um, th- that her her involuntary processes of her body were keeping her alive essentially, but it was deteriorating really quickly, and so they kept her alive for a little bit via machines uh, because she ended up um, donating some organs as well. So, you know, this is kind of a the the twenty four hour period that we're in the hospital. Two weeks later, they make arrests. Yeah. Um, of three men um you could almost say almost say boys one was at the time 18 one was 21 and one was 25 wow and so those three men the 25 year old is diano gordon 21 year old um jalen watson and the 18 year old was larry taylor Mm -hmm. so over the course of the next seven years um the trial would be scheduled it'd be pushed back it'd be scheduled it'd be pushed back it'd be scheduled it'd be Push back, and there were a few reasons for it. Um, one of the main reasons, or a couple of the main reasons, the def- the the main defendant, Larry Taylor, who was as the investigation went on, they realized that Larry was the only one in the house yeah. with Amanda during the time of the shooting. He was the actual shooter. Yeah. Um. That uh, he he kind of flip flopped a lot in terms of wanting certain representation. You know. He couldn't afford a, an attorney, and so he re- requested state representation, and so they assigned him a state defendant. And then at one point, he decided to go pro se, which means he wanted to, to defend himself. And so then the prosecution had to uh, essentially submit all of the evidence to him and had to catch yeah. him up on the case, which is a really interesting concept. Yeah. Um, here's the evidence that we're presenting against you as you're trying to represent yourself. Wow. That didn't make any sense to us. Uh, I asked the prosecution at one point. <clears throat> during that time period, why would he do this? And they were like, it really doesn't make any sense. He has zero chance of, you know, he pleaded non-guilty, zero chance of winning yeah. in this case because you just don't represent yourself. You right. just don't know what to do. Right. And so he's like, it's going to be a kind of a circus, to be honest with you. And so we were kind of concerned that, you know, he was trying to build some seven minutes of fame kind of sure. thing and sure. just make a circus or a mockery of the courtroom. And so, you know, there's all these emotional highs and lows that kind of went on with this. Yeah. Um, 
And then all the way up to like the week of the trial while he was supposed to represent himself, he goes, no, actually, I'm changing my mind. I want to be assigned to represent. So he was essentially playing the system. Yeah, yeah. Delaying what seemed to be the inevitable. Um, I don't know if he had some kind of a strategy. What I now have observed of Larry Taylor is that he there's a lot of mental unhealth, Mm. a lot of mental unhealth. So, and we'll talk about that as we talk about trial, but yeah, our life over the past seven years has been, we will gear up emotionally. We will plan for, uh, our calendars. We will plan our calendars for this trial. We will plan knowing that, you know, what we know, nothing is wasted, right? It's important to arm yourself spiritually, emotionally, yeah. mentally yeah. for these kinds of things, and then be able to go and process those, these things. You know, I, a lot of what I do for a living is traveling and speaking. And so I would like block off my calendar to not go and mm-hmm. travel and speak for a month after the scheduled trial date. Mm-hmm. The same thing would be true of Amanda's dad because he's a pastor. So he would arrange yeah. his entire congregational schedule around this stuff. And then sometimes the week before it would change. Yeah. And Ugh, whatever we would have start. to kind of figure it all out again. So that was the past seven years. So And, and it's really interesting as we started to approach this particular trial, um, the last time that it got continued was back in December Mm -hmm. of 2021 when it was mistried for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Unpack that for our, for our listeners. Yeah. Essentially what happened in December is that there was some information, um, that Amanda's, that Amanda was pregnant and that was leaked, uh, actually by the judge, um, inadvertently to, the seated jury and there was enough of the other jury, cons- uh, you know, the, the jury, I don't know what we call them applicants or people who possibly could have been, back, could have backfilled the, yeah. the jury. They, there was enough people in that room that heard that. Ugh. And that was not supposed to be brought in on the record as, yeah. a, as admissible um, testimony because it would have tainted the jury's, um, their able their ability to deliberate whether or not he was guilty. It would have like possibly swayed their emotions. Yeah, he was being tried for did he murder Amanda? Right. Not, you know, did he did he murder Amanda or a pregnant woman or you know yeah. and, or Amanda there, and her baby? Yeah, yeah. and there was like there yeah. there and I see the under I understand that right. And so then there was a. Mm. The, when the defense moved for that years ago, um, concerned that there might be an emotional bias that would be played into the juror's decision right there. Yeah. Then the judge granted that the prosecution said, okay, can we do um, an enhancement on the conviction? If he's convicted as guilty, can we then take retake that into consideration? So it's not part of the jury's deliberation yeah, yeah but it's part of the judge's sentencing deliberation gotcha. okay so there, was a, there was a difference there so okay. that was kind of how they solved that okay that got that essentially got leaked to the jury the problem is is our story has been in the everywhere. news so much everywhere and so all yeah. I mean, you, news articles everything you you know she was pregnant and yeah. so it was very difficult for them to find a juror a jury that had not been uh tainted by that that, yeah. that did not know that right and so again, it got mistried later uh, in June of this year for the mm. same reason. This yeah. time, uh, another juror actually began to, you know, tell all the other seated jurors about this the case, and someone had a conscience and went came forward and said, "Hey, I don't feel good about this." Yeah. What the prosecution later told me is that they were really struggling to find a jury that um, was going to be unbiased. Mm. because, and this is interesting how they shared this with me. They said, you know, the people that we want on this case, we want law-abiding citizens who are very conscientious of their community and want a better community. And typically those are people who are very aware of what goes on in their community. <laughs> Isn't that who true? Who watch the news. Wow. Right, And right. so we're struggling because the people that we were getting through our vetting system were, they were like, honestly, it was a little bit dicey. Some of the, And mm. we weren't confident in that. Mm. Well, fortunately, I think this is fortunate, and I think I can commentate on this now since it's all said and done. It's over. But fortunately, the defense uh, and Larry Taylor got so frustrated with the process as well, ironically, that they moved to do a bench trial. 
The defense moved to do a bench trial, which wow. means no jury, just yeah. the judge. Yeah. So that's what September, we went into September going, okay, there's not going to be a jury here. Yeah. This is just going this is to be. just a bench trial. Yep. So um, now what's interesting is as this summer, when, when it got mistried this summer, my mom and Christy and I were talking, we were on a, on a road trip and <clears throat> we kind of came to this realization that this would be seven years almost since the tragedy. Unbelievable. And what's, what's interesting about that number is that seven is a, yeah. is a very biblical number, right? Yeah. It's a, the number for perfect completion. Yeah. And um, mm. there's, there's not, it's tough to kind of make something like, I had to wrestle with like, what does that mean? Right. But I also knew on the front end of that, that, um, Amanda and I had been married seven years. Wow. So we were married seven years mm. and then it took seven years for this to actually come to quote unquote justice. Wow. Davey. Right. Wow. Davey. So you've got these two seven year periods and, um, I, you know, you can look at it and interpret it a lot of different ways. I feel like what the Lord was telling me, <clears throat> um, is that there was a there was going to be a per, a perfect justice, mm. not necessarily here on this earth, mm. right? Yeah. But the time period that it was going to take for justice to to come to fruition on this earth was more of a pointer to there is a perfect judge. Wow. That one day there's going to be perfect wow. justice, and we'll talk wow. more about that as we get into this conversation yep. because yep. I've done a whole lot of thought on and research even on that topic, right? I'm, I, a lot of, a lot of my just like wrestling with the Lord has been about this idea of the difference between re retributive justice and restorative justice. Mm. Yeah. And that's a big concept. So, yeah. um, yeah. the other thing too, is that, you know, people kept saying like, I can't wait for you to get closure. I can't wait for you to get closure for this. And, and I would look at it and say, like, first of all, this isn't going to bring closure because yeah. This doesn't bring her back. Like right. what, what kind of right. closure does this bring? And right. we were advised early on actually by the prosecution. This was interesting, not by believers necessarily, but yeah. um, it was, I approached them when I started dating Christy and I said, Hey, is this going to, if I start dating again, is this going to jeopardize the yeah, case at all? Right. Good question. And they were like, no, they said, you need to, you need to move forward with your life. They said, we have no idea how long this is going to take. Yeah. So you need to move forward with your life yeah. and you need to, this is what they said, you need to find closure outside of the courtroom. Wow. And that was some of the best piece of advice. Now, we know that spiritually, right? Like sure. closure happens in the supernatural. It doesn't yeah. happen here on earth. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that could take place here on earth that's going to really right. give us a sense of, you know, the fullest sense of redemption and restoration, mm -hmm. right? We just see little glimpses of that. We see it yeah. dimly as scripture will tell us. And yeah. so, um, hmm. so that was really good because I'm going for, for seven years now, we're being, it felt strung like being along. strung along in this process. Yeah. If we had waited to have closure. Now what's ironic about that afterwards, when it's all said and done, there felt, it felt like there was a a little kind of tangible sense of closure. I was going to ask you that, like, even though they said, don't wait for closure, did you feel a sense of, do you now feel a sense? Or, Absolutely. Or, or a, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I can definitively explain it. I, mm -hmm. I told somebody this the other day. I said, I can't tell you why. Yeah. It feels a little bit like a chapter is closing mm -hmm. and it feels like a new one is opening up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and there's a lot of other Things that are happening circumstantially around like our family and our ministry and everything else too that yeah. kind of brings a little bit of that sense as well. Yeah. But one of the things that that like highlighted that, kind of the hallmark of that is the fact that this has taken seven years. Wow. Seven years is the seven's the number of perfect completion, like closure, right? Mm, yeah. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Mm. And so um so yeah, that's been a surprising thing for me. I didn't think that I would feel a sense of closure or relief, maybe you could call it. Yeah. Or, right. Um but but I but I do feel a little bit of a sense of that. And and it's very it feels almost prophetically ethereal. If totally. that makes sense, right? Like Yes. You know when there's like when you feel there's something in prophetically happening, it's like 
I can't put my thumb on it. I don't know why I sense this, but I sense it. Yeah. And then it's after something transpires that, you know, really confirms that that you yeah. go, that's why I sensed it. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. got it. That's okay. what the Lord was up to there. And and that's what I'm that's what I'm feeling and sensing right now. Yeah. And from yeah. the moment that the you know since so so we've and we need to talk a little bit about these three things. The week of the trial. Yep. The sentencing for yep. Deano Gordon specifically, who was yep. one of the accomplices, and the sentencing for Larry Taylor. Yeah. So over the past four weeks, five weeks, those are the courtroom appearances that we've had to make. Hi, friends. It's Christy Blackburn, Davy's wife and co-founder of Nothing Is Wasted. If you guys have been around here for a while at Nothing Is Wasted, you probably heard a bit about my personal journey towards living a healthy lifestyle for myself and my family. So as a physician assistant, I've watched so many people overtaken by chronic illness, disease, unhealth. It was also a part of our own family's journey with an autoimmune disorder that prompted me to take a closer look at the everyday choices we were making and how those decisions were impacting our health. So perhaps you too have found yourself stuck in a cycle of frustration and shame and defeat as you struggle with chronic health conditions, fatigue, or yo-yo dieting. Because I know how difficult that path can be, I wanted to create a resource to empower others like you to take back your health. That's why I'm so excited to invite you to join me in January for my upcoming live online virtual wellness course called Back to the Garden, Holistic Living the Way God Intended. This eight-week course is not your typical health class. I'm so, so passionate about blending both scriptural truths with the scientific facts that help us live a holistic, intentional life when it comes to our whole selves. We want to get to the root of wellness by taking you back to the garden, the first Garden of Eden, and look at the principles God gave us when it came to caring for our health, mind, body, and soul. In this course, you'll learn holistic, God-given rhythms for living an intentional life, including rhythms around food, around your emotional and spiritual health, and your environment. This course won't prescribe you a one-size-fits-all solution, but will instead give you the tools you need for creating your own simple, easy-to-implement plan that is adaptable to your family's lifestyle. But more than that, you'll get the knowledge you need to make informed decisions and live in freedom when it comes to your health. While I'd love to offer this resource to everyone, I want to be sure to give you the space to interact with me personally and get your questions answered, as well as connect with others walking a similar journey towards health, which is why I've limited the number of spots available for this course. So from now until November 15th, you can register for the Back to the Garden Holistic Living the Way God Intended course by going to www.linnenroots.com course. If you've been overwhelmed with all the information on health and wellness and have wondered how to make the changes in the right direction, this course is for you. Don't let overwhelm stop you from taking back your health and learning the God-given rhythms for living an intentional life. Make plans to join me and others just like you this January as we go back to the garden. So let's go back to the week of the trial, Davy, and, and start there. Okay. So you are you walk into the court that day. Well, I take I us, as take a, us there because so so I'm I was a witness. I was subpoenaed. Wow. Like because because that morning, you know, I I found Amanda that morning, and yeah. so wow. So I had to bear testimony to. Mm the events of that morning. Mm. So because of that, there's a law that called the separation of witnesses where you're not allowed to be a part of any of the court proceedings until after you give testimony and then the judge grants that your subpoena is, you can be released from your subpoena. Okay. Gotcha. So for the first, like the opening argument or opening, you know, arguments and mm -hmm. stuff like that. You and even the first there. couple of witnesses, I was not able to be in there. Wow. It did allow me to go into the courtroom and just kind of get my bearings, which was good. Okay. Because because mm. when you go into this situation, right, like all of us, we were so on edge of and just course. like, what is this going to feel like? Ugh. This is the first time I was in the room with Larry Taylor, with the shooter. Mm. I had been in the room with with Jalen Watson and with Deano Gordon, both mm -hmm. of the accomplices, because over the course of those seven years, those two took plea agreements to testify against Larry Taylor. Yeah. And <clears throat> um, so... So they had, they had, I had been at hearings before with them. This was the first time with Larry Taylor. So we're all just like, oh, Davey. 
you're trying not to make so much of it, but you're also like, this is a huge deal. It's like massive. this is a big deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to testify about how I found the love of my life mm. while looking at the man who stole her life. Mm, right. Like this is, and so you don't know how to wrap your mind around the bigness of that moment. And so yeah. you're just like, Lord, you're just going to have to like, I don't even know what this is. I can't prepare myself for this. Yeah. So you're just going to have to yeah. take over. And, you know, and that's what we sent. We sent an email out to the entire Nothing Is Wasted community. And we said, you know, above all, would you, would you just pray that the Holy Spirit's presence is there and that yeah. it feels from everybody. There's a palpable difference. And I'll tell you this, Aubrey, there was a palpable difference. Oh, amen to that. Ooh. In fact, after, mm. <laughs> I'll fast forward for a second just so you can, after the trial was all over, uh, after the verdict was handed down, the judge leaves his seat and starts to write. Um, one of the bailiffs stands up because let me let me kind of preface it with this. I was amazed and and just like so uh, appreciative of how many friends and family were there for us. Wow. Um, I mean, my mom's sisters coming all in from down, from out of town and like. Um, obviously the whole buyer's family, like yeah, everybody, yeah. right? Just like Amanda's folks who have been family. journeying with yeah. us, right? Amanda's family. And so my parents and, you know, but the bailiff stands up and goes, I have never witnessed a, a group in the gallery who have had the spirit that you guys have had. Come on. Makes me want to cry. And, wow. and then... We walk out and we're just like, oh, thank you, right? Assuming mm -hmm. that this guy, now this is a huge, I mean, a huge bailiff, <laughs> like, you know, I think prison yeah. guard, yeah. just, right? Yeah. And you're like, I, okay, that didn't match uh -huh. the persona that I had for you. But, uh -huh. and then we walk out and someone goes, that I've never heard any bailiffs, let alone that guy say anything like that. Wow. So the Lord was there mm. and he was present mm. and- I think that that almost even surprised me a little bit, even though we were praying for that. Yeah. When I finally walked yeah. into the courtroom yeah. and took took the stand, there was just there was a calm. Wow. Praise you know God. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and it was almost like a, this is really weird. I like shouldn't odd, feel this like calm. Like notable. Yeah. Yeah. Like I shouldn't <laughs> feel this calm, and then, um, and here's what's. Here's what drives me crazy, Aubrey. I'm, you're just getting me unfiltered right now. I love it. Um, throughout this whole journey, we've also had a lot of, not a lot. We've had, just had some a few loud, what, what do you want to call them? Conspiracy theorists. Critics. Yeah, yeah. Critics they post and, their videos about how, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the videos. I think I've been analysis. tagged in one or two. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You know, they, they grab a, a segment from me, yeah. Good Morning America, and they right. do some kind of statement analysis, and they say, man, he doesn't look like he just lost his wife. And they literally right. pick apart everything. And, he was you know, smiling it's just this, at this one moment, and therefore, right, right, yeah, right. it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you're just like, now I'm a three, okay? So I'm very aware of how when I show up, how it might, yeah, like the yeah. optics of it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, like being aware of those things made me feel it, it almost like debilitated me for a mm -hmm. season because it was like I can't show up and say anything, yeah. which I think was honestly looking back on it, that's the enemy's ploy at trying totally. to silence ministry and impact totally. that would come out of this, right? Yeah, totally. So you know, he's trying to play on my personality of like, you yeah. know, I grew up. My dad's a pastor. I grew up on stages, yeah, singing, you know, yep. musicals, like acting, all yep. that kind of stuff, right? Performing, yeah, performing it. And so, so there was a little like even when I got in there and I sat down, and all of a sudden I'm like, this feels very calm. Mm. This rush of the Holy Spirit coming over me. There was a little bit of like a, oh no, am I too calm? You know what I mean? And all of a sudden I start getting. You're like uh, having an out of body experience, kind of yeah. condemning yourself almost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And 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 what where the Lord has kind of ministered to me up until this point is just like, and I, my my dad said this to me too on the on the phone. He's like he's like Davey, just you just show up however you're supposed to show up. Like oh, does not matter. don't dad. try to show up in any yeah particular way. If you yeah. get emotional, you get emotional. Yeah. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, that's so good. And that's okay. Either one of those is okay, mm. right? And I think it was really helpful just to just to feel the freedom then. It's like I had to re-remind myself in that <laughs> moment while I'm getting questioned. 
Wow. Just, just be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just yeah. be okay with whatever yeah. the Holy Spirit wants to do. Yeah. And almost like turn your emotions over to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Wow. Right. Wow. Which is kind of like a little bit of, uh, it feels a little bit uh, contrary to what we say often. We're often like, you know, hey, you, you know, you should, you know, you should remind your emotions sometimes. Right. Of how you, you should like kind <laughs> right, of right. have dominion over your emotions. And like in this, I'm going, the Lord's like, no, actually, you just, why don't you just let me. Yeah kind of determine your emotions mm. like let this be a holy spirit emotion thing mm. and so if if you if you're supposed to cry let the holy spirit like wow make that ha- like wow. just be free with whatever it looks like wow and for me that was very freeing that was just I very bet, freeing I bet it, was it, was. A, it was a very inner conflict big inner conflict that was happening moving up to that point yeah. so hmm. you know so i felt very calm and poised while giving the my testimony but then there was one, there was one thing they asked, um, you know, I called my, after I called the paramedics while I was sitting there with Amanda, I called my dad and, um, and I've, I think I've shared this before, you know, why, but you know, I called the paramedics and then I'm sitting there waiting and I call my dad to tell him, I don't know what happened. You need to yeah. like pray right now. Yeah. And the prosecution asked me, they said, why did you call your dad? Huh? And it just like emotion just hit me like a wave, oh, right? Davy. Mm. And I just start like, I I couldn't answer. I'm just like, you know, mm. because I was I was I was not realizing for the first time, but it was reoccurring to me, like in the moment. Yeah that that the reason I called my dad is because I my dad has always been there for me. Mm. He's always been present in my life. Mm. Been there for big 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 moments, good and bad. Yeah. And, and he's always like, if, if, if I've needed him to fix something, he's been willing to fix something. Yeah, right. And so I'm like, yeah. if anybody can fix it, this dad. right now, it's, it's my, my dad. dad. And I called him in this panic moment, right. This moment of trauma. Yeah. And then while I'm on the phone, realize my dad can't, he's 500 miles away. He cannot do anything about this. Aww. And it was like, I don't even remember. I think I hung up on my dad. <laughs> right. So I like, yeah, but I'm telling this to the court and I'm just crying. My Aww. dad's always been there for me and you know that's meaningful and and I say that because as I've reflected on that I'm like that's what I want to be that's that's what I want to be described of me as a father yeah right right right. my dad's always been there for me because that probably played more into my healing journey just Mm -hmm. that foundation that my dad's there for me Wow. That played into my healing journey than maybe maybe anything else. And right? maybe more like, than you even realized. Right. Not yeah. even and so like seven years reflecting back on it, going, mm. Well, the whole thread of my healing journey has been God's with me. Mm. Beautiful. Right? Yeah. My dad is with me. My yeah. my, my heavenly father is with yeah. me. And so yeah. so so my earthly dad couldn't fix anything in that moment, but but my heavenly father. Yeah can restore this. Right. Yeah. And so it was like, all that was hitting me in the courtroom. You know? Ooh, just like, Davey. Oh. So, um, you know, while I'm standing next to this earthly judge, you know, <laughs> and there's the, the metaphor of like heavenly judge Man. and prosecution. And, Man. you know, you're going, what is this moment? <laughs> wonderful. Right. Jesus is, we talked about this in December, wonderful counselor. Yeah. Right. And a counselor is a attorney, you know, yep. so you got, that's, that's like, you know, that that's that's uh being the mediator for you or that's you yeah. know so you're I'm just like all this stuff is hitting me. And, all at um, once. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that's when I got emotional. That that was that was my so anyways, I'm rambling right now, but No, you're not. This is powerful. Once once um once my testimony was done, yeah. Then it was like there was like a big weight that like I bet whew. there was. Yeah. Now the weight started compounding a little bit more over the next couple of days. Because the way the prosecution had um, communicated this to me leading up to it was we have an unbelievably solid case. Like, we definitely have the right guy. Yeah. Like, we're really confident in this. But there was a lot of things they couldn't disclose to me because they can't disclose certain things until you get to court. Hmm. And it goes on record. You don't want it to, you know, their strategy or whatever to leak to, you know, that sort of deal. So, yeah. So the first couple of days, all of us as a family, we are we are literally going, do is there even a case here? Oh wow. 
like we were struggling. Wow. After two days. Wow. Not even like, oh no, we don't have enough evidence on this guy, but going, did we even get the right guy? Oh, Davey. And that was very unnerving. Now tell me why feel, that was coming up because you didn't know now, what the case was and yes, you were just like doubting. Okay. Because we didn't know. And and part of the the so we we are familiar with courtroom dramas. Yep. And courtroom dramas show the like the escalations and, uh, and yeah. the climaxes of a particular case, right? Yeah. It doesn't show literally every single detail. Yeah. Part of what I learned about the judicial system here in this, um, and then my my one of my uncles is a an attorney as well, and so I asked I would ask him afterwards. They'd be over. We had everybody over at our house afterwards, and we would just kind of debrief and and. Mm-hmm. Just whatever, like if we need admit to minister to each other, we, if we would do that, that right? yeah. Right. So you're talking about 30 people at our house, which props to Christy. Holy cow! Seriously, she's like it's amazing. Carrying the emotional weight of this, um, and hosting people, and and yeah. hosting people, and mm-hmm. you know, um, so so everybody's over at the house, and we're eating. And I asked him, and you know, so I'm getting his kind of take on stuff. But what I'm what I learned is that anything that was at all admitted as evidence. It's essentially like there's a big old checklist. If you're okay. one on the Enneagram, you're going to love this. You should go be like a <laughs> prosecuting attorney. There's a huge checklist. And if you don't walk through with due diligence, anything in every finding, every finding, and and either determine this is relevant for the case or this turned out to be irrelevant, the entire case could end up getting thrown out. Wow. So the prosecution has to go through this very detailed. Wow. Like, um, I mean, it, it, and, and it's extremely detailed. And you're like, so so what we were hearing over two days was like, here's a piece of evidence that was admitted. It was determined irrelevant for this reason. Here's a piece oh, of evidence. It was determined irrelevant for this. Here's no. a piece of evidence. And we're going, what in the world? Do like, we, do we have not any have, evidence? Yeah. Like, is there okay. anything going okay. on here, right? So, okay. Wow, Davey. So that was extremely <laughs> yeah, that unnerving would be at first. Unnerving. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't unnerving because it was like, Oh, we here's and this is this is where I like I was wrestling through. I was like, why is this unnerving to me? It was unnerving to me because the thought of for seven years we might not have the right guy. Oh, could you imagine? I mean, and that for seven years the guy that actually killed Amanda is like is somewhere out there, free roaming the streets or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah, right. Whew. So that began a little bit of a a dilemma in my mind. That, you know, later was kind of, you know, evolved into this retributive justice, restorative justice kind of thing, where it was like, all of a sudden, you know, what I have gone on record multiple times saying is like, I've chosen to forgive, I've chosen to forgive, I've chosen to forgive. Yeah. A lot of that is through the lens of knowing that the three guys were incarcerated. Right. Like, I've chosen to forgive these three guys that are behind bars. Right. Right. Well, and the assurance of knowing we got them. We caught them. Right. All of a sudden, if there was even like a thought of like, mm. he, he might still be out there. Mm-hmm. That almost started to untangle some of the like forgiveness thing that I was feeling. Where it's like, wow. no, we got to catch him. We got to yeah. get like, mm-hmm. we've got to get this right. And then going and then also wrestling with like, wait a minute. What if he, what if he is the right guy, but we don't have enough evidence and he walks? Mm-hmm. How would I handle that? Yeah. And that was a very vulnerable thing to feel. In a very like, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this episode would have gone talking to the Nothing Is Wasted community if you know we go through a week of trial and they're like, Larry Taylor is found not guilty. Oh, and I'm going. Yeah, it'd be a totally different. What? Be- because you literally would have witnessed like injustice, and that that's a very well injustice thing to and wrestle. questioning and doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And it made yeah. me have a lot of empathy for for some of these crimes that you hear about or that right I mean we hear a lot of people's stories but people who have not oh they haven't caught the person who's behind it or Awful. they haven't yeah. like they yeah. are they not experiencing yeah. quote unquote justice on this side of eternity. Yeah. And all of the different nuances that we can talk about, right? Yeah. The wrong person being convicted. The you're going yeah. So all of a sudden, my empathy meter just begins to expand as I'm starting to freak out and feel more human Wow! in this and going, what in the world, right? Because I, I understand, I understand 
that the posture I've taken is not, it's not a human posture. It's like, right, it's a, right, I don't want to say right. superhuman to like boast of me. I mean like supernatural, supernatural. posture yeah, to, yeah. to take of going, I forgive these guys. I forget. I understand that. I'm not, I'm very aware of that because yeah. it's been a supernatural work inside of me. Yeah. But, but all of a sudden I felt very human over those two days and mm-hmm. court made me feel very human. You know, the holidays can be some of the most difficult days after loss. I lost my late wife, Amanda, in November of 2015. We celebrated Thanksgiving right afterwards, Christmas right after that. And figuring out what to do with the past traditions or navigating the painful reminders of a holiday without someone you love can be absolutely devastating. And we know there's no magic solution to making it through the holidays, but we want to help you as you move through those days. So on Thursday, November 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be hosting a new masterclass called Hope for the Holidays, Navigating the Season When It Hurts, with our very own Amy Sylvester, who's a certified coach and staff member at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. During this time, Amy's going to help you as you enter the holiday season. She's going to share with all of us when and how to grieve and when and how to celebrate how to handle traditions and triggers, and practical tips for navigating the holiday season when it hurts, and listen, so much more. So I wanna invite you to be a part of this masterclass live. The best part about it, it's completely free. All you have to do is sign up at nothingiswasted.com slash masterclass, and we'll send you an email with all the instructions you need to join the conversation that night. Again, that's Thursday, November 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern time, but go ahead and sign up right now. If you can't make it on November 10th, but you want to catch the replay, all of our masterclass replays are available exclusively to our Community Plus members for just $20 a month or $200 a year. There on Community Plus, you can access all of our Nothing Is Wasted content, including past masterclasses, curated pathways, live coaching replays, bonus episodes, mini courses, and so much more. Join today by going to nothingiswasted.com slash Community Plus, or following the link in the show notes here. Walking through the holidays after loss can feel downright impossible, but we know there are ways to navigate that season with hope and healing, and we want to help you do so. Join us on November 10th for this very special masterclass. That may not be very hard for some people to admit. It's very hard for a three to admit. Like, hey, I'm human and I'm feeling some things that I am not liking how I'm feeling because I'm not sure how this lines up even with the heart of Jesus. Mm. So so we get done with the second day and we're just like, now there were some emotional ups and downs during those first two days. Um, I decided not to stay in the segment where the... um, the the autopsy was being oh, like revealed. Did um, Christy stay in for that? Christy stayed in for that, and the rest of Amanda's family stayed in for that. Yeah. Um. Did you not stay in because you thought it'd be too much for you? Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Um. I'm also the only one that saw her. Mm, yeah. In yeah. um. In in the condition that she was when we we found her or when I found her. And, um, and so I have had to settle those, those images and, and praise God. Like he has done an amazing work to settle those images. They don't, Mm. it doesn't haunt me. Mm. I live with them. It doesn't haunt me. Wow. And that's why I tell people, like, I've had people ask me that. How do you, Yeah. how are you not haunted by this? Cause you know, people who have watched their loved ones die or have, you know, right. And I tell them like, do have to learn how to settle them. You do have to learn how to live with them. The Lord does a mighty work in that. If mm-hmm. if you'll let Him, mm-hmm. got to lean into it. But it is possible for them not to haunt you. Mm-hmm. You can have quote unquote closure, acceptance within that. Yeah. Wow. Um, and the Lord will do His thing to do that. I know exactly. I can, and you know I've shared before how He's like revealed to me like how I, I mean I did a whole blog series a yeah. few years ago on how I've dealt with the way that Amanda died and like. Mm-hmm. Like what the Lord showed me in terms of His presence with her, even can in her people final still lives. find that if they go to your website? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. They can if 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 you even just Google 
Um, let me look at it. Uh, how I, yeah, if you go, I think it's in, I think it's on nothing is wasted's website and I think okay. it's on my website. Yeah. Both on nothing is wasted.com and mine. The series is called, how do you deal with the way Amanda died? Um, poses a question. I have I've had that question. So there's like four parts to the blog okay. series. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's just kind of me talking through like how the Lord ministered to me in that. So yeah. because of that reason, <clears throat> I said there's not, not going to be yeah. any anything good that's going to come of me yeah. revisiting this. Yeah. The other members of the family felt like that was part of their closure. Makes sense. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they'll have to, they, they, they can speak for themselves, right? Um, yeah. Some were glad that they stayed in, some wished that they had not. Yeah. Um, and Christy, as a medical provider who had been in autopsy situations, felt like she could handle it. Christy will have her own um, commentary on this, but that was one of the biggest things that actually started to, as she's expressed already on Instagram, it began to initiate a grief process in her. Wow. That what, as I have kind of dialogued with her about it, it's almost like, and I think it, I think it was the kindness of the Lord. I really do. As hard as it is to say that the Lord would expose us to those kinds of things in yeah, kindness, yeah. but yeah. it almost caught, in some ways, caught her up to speed mm. in the grief journey with the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because she did, she never knew Amanda. Right. She was not a she was not around at all during. She was she was a observer, like she saw it on the news, or she, yeah. you know, yeah. But <clears throat> and then she's been a part of the family, so she's been in the wake right. of all of the grief right. in the past few years, right? And of course. Raising one right. of Amanda's sons. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And then she's been raising Weston. And so there's been this like secondary grief that she's been bearing and then primary grief to her own circumstantial situations in the wake of all of it. Right. But this was the first time that she felt like a primary grief for Amanda uh, to this level. Right. Yeah, she's grieved yeah. for Amanda before, sure, but to sure. this level, like she, she, it's almost like she lived it. And she, she shared that with me. She's like, I lived this for the first time. Wow. Wow. And so, she kind of says, I wish I hadn't been in there, but I also think that was her or Enneagram 7 sharing yeah. that with her. Like, yeah. I wish I hadn't. <laughs> Avoid that pain. <laughs> I, see, I see that it was the kindness of the Lord that she mm-hmm. did stay in there mm-hmm. and that she was forced to really sort through a lot of that stuff yeah. too. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, because it also brought us together. That's what I that was we're just sharing thinking. grief. You guys can share <clears> that together. together. That. Yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, so two days, yeah, where we're just like, what in the world is going on? And, when you have it, we all remarked about this, that on the third day, it was <laughs> like everything came to a head and wow. it all began to make sense. Okay. And by the third day, I began to be very impressed with the prosecution team. Wow. And the case that they put together. Wow. And I was like, wow. Hmm. And I, I, I hmm. part of me feels a little bit guilty because our case had the full attention of everybody. I mean, U S marshals, FBI, like they brought everybody in. Wow. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And I saw, man, the, the Indianapolis police department, I mean, the way they treated us through the whole process, the due diligence that they detective Lynn was by the way, Detective Lynn was just the like, most amazing person through the process. He also, he has retired since in Florida. So he lives in Florida. He flew up for the entire week. Come on. To, to come and, and testify seven years later. Wow. To testify multiple times wow. for this. Wow. And just, there was just this, like, I mean, this kindness mm. that like, I mean, every time, every time we would interact, outside the courtroom and just, you know, tears are welling up in his eyes and he's just, you know, so you're like, man, like, Mm. I know there's a whole lot of like, especially the past couple of years, there's been a whole lot of, um, vitriol and rhetoric surrounding, you know, law enforcement and like law and order. And, you know, even saying law and order can yeah. elicit some really big yeah. responses from Definitely. people, right? Depending on what side of the political spectrum you are on. But I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's human beings. Yeah. Yeah. That actually truly want to make communities a better place. Mm, 
Yeah. And and truly want not just to like punish criminals, mm-hmm. but to like see criminals, see people who have chosen to step outside of the the order of God's ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we want to talk about the supernatural, be restored. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Re- be restored into contributing members of society. Yeah. Right? Value yeah. adding members of society. Like yeah. I saw heart. I saw I saw humanity in that. And I also yeah. saw a brilliance in the prosecution team. Amazing. I wish I could lay out like the detail. Like if this was not, <clears throat> I might get criticized for saying this. It's fine. But when you're in court for like nine, 10 hours, you go in and out of the feeling very personal and then also being an observer of things. I'm sure. And going, I'm sure. And analyzing certain things. And like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's almost like you're watching this on TV as well. So you're not mm-hmm. like, man, you can't be like this just ripped out emotionally the entire time. No, right? so absolutely There were moments not. when I'm like stepping back, observing this, and I'm going, this is, th- like this would have been the most riveting, especially that third day, the most riveting television series. Yeah. To yeah. watch how they put this together. Like we yeah. would have all gotten to the end of this movie and gone, oh my gosh, that was Wow, brilliant. wow, wow. And so um, really what it came down to is there was no DNA in the house. Unbelievable. Um, the only DNA was left on a scarf, a pink scarf that they stole huh. to wipe down all of the DNA and fingerprints. Wow. And Jalen left that, D- that scarf in the car, the getaway car that they had stolen. Okay. Uh, as well as multiple other things that they had stolen that were left in the car. All the electronics and stuff they stole in that crime spree were pawned off and stuff. But yeah. A few other random things, like a bag of oranges, like a receipt hmm. um, from from the from the money they were tr- they were withdrawing from my account. Yeah, all of these different things <clears throat> that they left in the car. This one sweater was pinged in their system with Jalen's DNA. Or sc- scarf or sweater. It was a sweater. Okay, pink sweater. Uh huh. And it began the trail of them of the entire investigation. No way. So they had. That right there that led them on the trail, they did this unbelievable triangulation of cell phone towers to match phone calls that were happening between the two accomplices who were in the car going to try to steal money out of the bank account and Larry, who was still in the house. Who was still at your house. They did these, I mean, they lined all this up and they showed that, that it zeroed him in like within a block. Wow. You know, for, wow. This, for this triangulation. It was wow. so precisely accurate. Wow. And then... They also were able to recover a bunch of stuff from Larry's phone, text messages that he had sent, and Google searches that he had made. Wow. Specifically, Google searching, um, you know, Fox News, pastors, slain wife, like all of these different news articles that had come up. Wow. They have these search records, Mm. and then immediately him texting somebody, um, I might go away for a while. I want you to know. And so he's like trying to line up certain things. Wow. So they do all, they recover all this data that he had deleted off his phone. Whoa. And what, what I learned about technology, some of you guys may know this, is that when you delete things off of your phone, maybe I shouldn't share this. You shouldn't. No, but we should all know that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. When you now delete people can cover things their off checks. of your phone. Yeah. You don't, it doesn't actually go away. Mm-hmm. What it tells the memory of your phone or any computer, any device, mm-hmm. right? It tells the memory, hey, there's there's now space that could overwrite this previous mm. data. Okay. So it basically says, here, you have this amount of space to overwrite. These are the things that can be overwritten. Okay. But until you overwrite it with new data, it stays there. It's still there. there. Well, they had, they had taken him in and confiscated his phone, and they before were able to pull was... everything off before anything was overwritten. So they're literally triangulating this case around all of these things. And on the third day, it all came to, into focus, and we were just like, oh, Mm. Oh my gosh, this is mm. so. One, what it did is it confirmed to us, oh, this, th- is, the we, guy. this is absolutely yeah. the right guy. Yeah. There's no, there's, yeah. it would be on a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the third day, we also heard testimony from the other two. Okay. The two accomplices. Which brings me to, man, yeah. I, I don't know how much time we have. No, we're great. Um, Just keep going. Diana. Yeah, Diana, Jalen. Yeah. Mm. So we got to see their demeanor. Yeah. We actually got to see some subtle interactions that were happening between Larry, who was sitting at the, you know, 
defense desk and them. Because when you're, like I said, when you're bearing witness, when you're testifying, you're literally looking directly at the defendant yeah. in this yeah. courtroom. And so there were some some interesting things that happened, like certain things that they said. Larry proved himself to be completely stoic the entire time. Prosecution wow. told me that that's basically his demeanor. Right? Okay. Like, like okay. almost dead inside. Like wow. dead eyes. Not- wow. The other two are not the case. That's not the case. Um, and I'll tell you in a little bit about Deano's sentencing. Yeah. But um, but there was just some interesting interactions that mm. happened there where, like, finally we saw Larry get up in arms about something. Hmm. Where he, like, took his cuffs and, like, slammed, slammed them on the desk. And wow. Where you're just like, okay, something just hit a nerve right there. Like, what's... Yeah. Something woke him up. Yeah. But there's, like, a, there's like a thing in the... On the streets where it's like, you know, you don't... You don't like you're you're labeled a snitch and you don't rat yeah, people out and stuff like yeah. that. So there's a whole lot of like communal dynamics, dynamics that yeah. were happening right there mm-hmm. that we were trying to read into and observe and mm-hmm. um and so the other thing that it showed me this is I mean this is our platform so I'll, I'll I can I'll say this um yeah. and there's not gonna jeopardize anything I was. I, I wish I had an opportunity to talk to the defense. Yeah. What would I was you dis- have said? Like, why? Because I was disappointed. Hmm. Because I'm like, this really, like, this, this, after seeing everything, this is very clear that this is the right guy. You're a state yeah. appointed defense attorney. Yeah. What I thought your job was, was to, make sure the prosecution did their job right. It seems like you went beyond that. Hmm. And when I was talking to my uncle, who's an attorney, yeah. like, hey, what's the defense's play? They're like, there's some things they're doing. He yeah. said, they're doing typical jury tricks. Oh. They're, they're bringing things forward to try to present doubt. Gotcha. In a jury, like if there was a jury present. But there's no jury present. There's no jury present. Hmm. So either they just didn't pivot when this turned to a bench trial or that's really the only trick they know or mm. he's like, I don't really know. But it was confusing to me. Mm. And I like there, like I think defend, I think there's a huge like our, our judicial system is built around the fact that there's due process of law. Yep. That there is like yep. habeas corpus. Right. And that yep. and that you have to like have even state appointed defense attorneys to make sure that the that the law is being carried out properly and appropriately. Yeah. But like to me, I was like, what's your play here? Like, why are you why are you so I don't know. It w- just felt odd, to be honest with you, Aubrey. It was like hmm. either you really don't think this guy did this, or because they were reaching. Yeah, that's what I was asking you. Where did it feel deceptive or why did it yes, not sit well? Very with you? deceptive. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you for drawing that out of me. Yeah. Yes. Very yeah. deceptive. Yeah. It was just like, hmm. what? Hmm. Like I, I just expected you to be like an Enneagram one that was just like, hey, just make sure you yeah, get the facts straight. Especially in the I just law. Just make sure you get right. Yeah, like right. Right. just make sure you get the facts straight. Make sure this goes on record straight. Make sure that yeah. this is clean and right and you know. Yeah. But like the deception that you're bringing in, the way you're spinning these things, I'm like, I don't know. This was weird. So That's I don't want to judge anybody, right? But I'm like, I wish I'd had a conversation with I wish I could sit down and go, why? Yeah. Like, what, what was what's your the, tactic here? I want to understand. Help me understand yeah. this, right? Like, yeah. What was your what's your heart behind this right now? Yeah. Because it also felt very calloused. Mm. Like, you see this entire family back here? Mm behind you that like yeah. their lives have been absolutely turned upside down. Yeah. And so interesting. I think just, man, I just brought a whole lot of stuff into just like, you know, one, we just never know what, what's going on behind, like behind the scenes, what's going on in someone's life. What's like, but I want to almost want to shake that, the, that yeah, the fence right, team be like, right. Hey, listen, you have no idea how this entire, like, why are yeah. you spinning things right now? Why are you trying to reach for these things right now? Yeah. Like just, just, if you realize that this case was just right, hey, this right. case is done. Like, right. I'm not oh. going to try to. So yeah. again, I, I maybe I'm highly underinformed or undereducated on this, but it just as someone who is a part of the victim family, like yeah. that just it just felt weird. It just felt weird.
Okay, well, <laughs> uh, you know, we had decided to make this one episode, but as Davey and I have been sitting here talking, we felt like there was so much to say that it would be worth breaking this up into two episodes. Yeah. And um, so we're going to, I don't even know what to say here. We're going to yeah. just tune we'll, in. We'll, yeah, we'll go, we're going to go ahead and close it down. You yeah. guys can tune in next time. I'm not sure when we're going to release this, but um, it will probably be in between our next uh, normal release on Thursdays. So we'll do a special part two episode of this. Thanks for um, sticking in with us and uh, we'll talk more about this next time. <laughs>